Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about the movie Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead. On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying is haunting Lionel. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me. Until. <laughs> Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever mom's got. has caught on with the neighbors. You can pray. I kick ass for the Lord. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already Trimark Pictures presents a modern masterpiece of horror. Your mother ain't my dog! Dead Alive. Party's over. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. 1992, Dead Alive, Brain Dead. Absolutely gory, gory film. Pretty sure the director never worked again after that. Yep. Not at all. <laughs> never won an Academy Award or anything like that. Directed one of the biggest franchises in media history. Nothing like that. What was your uh, initial thoughts on the movie? Uh, so, I couldn't tell what it wanted to be for like the first third of the movie. And then by the end, when it started getting actually crazy over the top and like okay it's a it's a horror comedy i get it it's you know it's evil dead 2 it's it's later you know shot of the dead i know simon Pegg said it was a big influence on shot of the dead for example so it's like okay i understand what the movie's doing now there is there's definitely a lot of shawn of the dead parallels with this yeah I, i'd read that simon Pegg was super influenced by it and i'm like yep mm-hmm. get it totally get it jumping right into the movie i mean we know it's Peter Jackson. It's a horror comedy. It was released as Brain Dead in New Zealand in '92. Was renamed Dead Alive in the United States, where we've really only had the rated version. Right, and that's the one I I got to watch. I watched it again too, but I also owned the unrated version, so I was able to compare the two. So there's about eight to ten minutes difference. And it's not all at the end. You'd think it'd all be there during the massive gore fest. Actually, most of the cuts are elsewhere in the movie. And as we discuss it, I'll point out like key cuts that had happened. Cool. I'd like to. I'd like to hear what I missed. So the film opens on Skull Island. Yeah, because he wouldn't go on to direct another movie set on Skull Island. <laughs> yep. And we have a New Zealand zoo official, Stuart, getting away with a Sumatran rat monkey. Which apparently is a reference to Sherlock Holmes, which you'd think I would know, but I did not know that. And then this same rat monkey is 
in King Kong, not not like the stop motion rat monkey, just in King Kong when they're at Skull Island, they have a when they're leaving, there's a box that says Rat Monkey, beware of bite. Yeah. But he's getting away. The natives try to stop him, but he very politely lets them know he has a permit and he's a New Zealand zoo official. Yeah, politely lets them know with uh, so some DACA brings out the the automatic weapons. Also, my first thought was, please, no more cannibals. <laughs> oh no, they weren't cannibals, but I was worried for about thirty seconds there. They have some very stereotypical island native look going on. Ironically, actually, uh, New Zealand natives. Oh really? Yeah, I was reading about that. I'm like, oh okay. It, it, you know, and New Zealand has a pretty tight relationship with now. I don't know about 92. I mean, Australia and New Zealand had a interesting colonial history with uh, native populations. But they're pretty tight now. They've paid reparations and all sorts of stuff. That's great. Incidentally, the uh, Midnight Oil song, um, Beds, uh, Beds Are Burning, I think that's the top, is about native relations in Australia specifically. Anyway, completely off topic, but I was... Uh, that song was playing on the radio on the car yesterday. I love that song. I like I like uh, Midnight Oil in general. So, well, Mike always gives me a ride, and he has his radio lately on a Clash station. Ah, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Yep. I listen to First Wave on Sirius XM, not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> so anyway, as they get away, the the rat monkey bites the zookeeper, and yes. they pull over, and the they're all you've got the bite. And first, there's like one on his hand. They cut off his hand and then his arm. No warning, just right into it. Well, they're like, "You got the bite," and he's Chop. like, "Oh, well, there, there's some antiseptic in the truck." Chop. <laughs> Chop. And then they see a bite on his head that smash blood cut to to credits. It's pretty good. Yes. Um. The original, obviously, it says "brain dead" in the exact same font. Right. There was a copyright issue with that, right? In the U.S. Something like that. Actually, something like that. I'm not sure. Both um, titles work. Yeah, they both work. They're, they both make sense for the movie, so it's not like we got some sort of random, doesn't make any sense uh, title, but it's interesting. And so we follow the monkey to New Zealand, and then yeah, because they decide to bring the monkey anyway. Yeah, like the guys that, were cash, afraid. Cash talks. <laughs> They're like, let's just get this out of here. <laughs> Send it, send it to the island. Get it away from us. Give me money. Yeah, because they're all like terrified at first to put it on the plane until that one guy comes with a handful of cash, and then they're like, "Okay, okay, you can go." But when we're in New Zealand, we get introduced to the greatest female character ever in any movie ever, Paquita Maria Sanchez, who is Romani. If that wasn't clear to anybody, Spanish Romani. Yes. Which I thought was kind of cool. I don't know. Uh, I did ask the question. Uh, this was my thought. Is there a large Romani population in New Zealand? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. Um, but Paquita, I loved that character forever. Like in high school, I wrote Paquita fan fiction <laughs> because they wouldn't let me use that name in Spanish class. <laughs> So that didn't stop me from making sure every single dialogue or sentence and everything I wrote was Paquita. 
and took place in the universe of Dead Alive. And then I wrote a uh, couple times with like a little article of Paquita's Kitchen where she gave cooking recipes and ended each one saying, Tu madre ha comido a mi perro. <laughs> um, but Paquita works at this little shop. It's She's like, a woman who knows her teenage girl who knows what she wants question mark i'd say she's like 19 20 but she's confident and persistent she knows what she wants she definitely knows what she wants and when we first meet her she wants roger the guy that delivers milk the most uh the most new zealand guy whoever new zealand (laughs) yes he is and we'll have more about roger but he's like oh well that's a that's a great dress paquita yeah and, um, I love New lets... Zealand accents, too, because they're, like, southern-sounding Australian to me. <laughs> and she lets her dress um, fall a little to show off her bra, and he just fixes it, and he says, Yeah, have a good day, Paquita! <laughs> um, her grandmother grabs her by the arm and goes, You like that, boy? Yep, and then she goes, Let's go do some tarot reading. <laughs> yeah, it's like, This is you, this is the man that you will love. Well, that doesn't look anything like Roger. It is not Roger. (laughs) She says, you're going to have this one great love. You'll meet him. You'll recognize him by the sign of the cross, and it'll be great. And she points out, oh, what's that? And it's another tarot card that says oppression, which not a real tarot card. (laughs) No, no, it is not. Um, There's another tarot reading later that I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that tarot deck. But she immediately meets Lionel and realizes that that's the love of her life. This awkward, bumbling guy. And he never really gets better. Oh, no. Not until, like, the very, very, very end. Yeah, like, literally the last five minutes of the movie. (laughs) So she decides to deliver the groceries to his house, even though it's normally her brother. He he says, your brother usually does it. We never meet her brother. I don't think he exists. (laughs) No. Well, I mean, he might, but they didn't bother introducing him to the actual movie beyond that one throwaway line and Paquita tricks Lionel into asking her out in the most clever way I love it the way she he mentions something about the zoo and she pretends to not speak English well and she's like I go with zoo I go with the zoo and he goes oh you want to go to the zoo yes please because he is uh, an Orman Bates and he (laughs) He's got yes. some mommy issues. And we meet his mother, Vera Cosgrove. And her opening scene is a wonderful way to introduce her because she's just waving around this butcher knife. She opens this letter with it and she's like, look at all the dust and flicking the knife around. Yeah, I, I like the, uh, it's infested in here. I don't see shit. It's like, maybe a beetle. Maybe one. Maybe or, yeah, because she's about to be have lunch with the Wellington Ladies Welfare League, the WLWL. And so she's in a panic to fix the house. And like you were saying, nothing looks out of place. She shows the front That's yard. Great. Yep. Does this look like a well-maintained frontage? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was my response. I literally said yes. <laughs> and so he goes on his date with Paquita. And they go to the zoo, obviously. And he gets awfully suited up for <laughs> going to the zoo. Well, it takes place in the 50s. It establishes that, but it never really feels like right. the 50s. No, it really doesn't. And maybe, maybe New Zealand is just 
as of 92, it's just locked in a perpetual 1950s. I don't know. I haven't been there <laughs> since basically Peter Jackson rebuilt it as Hobbiton. You know, they're stealing kisses. They're their relationships hitting off good. And then we get to see the rat monkey in all of its glory. Well, I, there was a scene before that where he's, you know, he does the whole, my dad was, you know, he he, he pulls the gremlin scene, right, where he busts out with the sad story about his uh, his dad dying, saving him from drowning. And she oh. goes, it, it, basically her response is, Sag, anyway, monkeys. Yeah, ooh, monkeys. And, like, a monkey drops a an apple core and the rat monkey just slaps it to the ground. <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> why, do, my note, why the hell do they keep a chupacabra there? <laughs> Well, it's in, like, its own little separate cage. Yeah, but it can reach in and just raffle well, stomp another monkey. Yeah, it tears its arm off. Yeah. And starts eating it, and um, we see this rat monkey in all of its beautiful stop-motion glory. Which apparently Peter Jackson did himself. Yeah, this, this great Harryhausen monkey, but... Yes. Um, the, the, the zookeeper's like, Paula Obaga! Yeah, right. That's 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 as much emotion as he could muster up for the chupacabra that just ate his monkey. And then he's like talking to Lionel and Paquita and just waving this dead monkey around. And he's like, "Oh, the legend is that all the the rats from the ships came onto the island and raped all the tree monkeys." Yep, we can't go we can't go like a week without rape, apparently. <laughs> I know. Well, that's just a standard in exploitation. Yeah, apparently, even if it's rat on monkey rape. And there is a cut scene here, I have noted. Oh, okay. Um, because in the rated version, we, we go from this to the mom being against the monkey and right. getting bit. Yes. Um, but right before this, there's a scene in the zoo where there's um, a little kid. Like, you know those um, those things where you put your head through and to take a picture? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where it's people that cut out, would cut out. Sometimes it's a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's like a little kid putting his head through and the dad's like, okay, say cheese. And Lionel's mom suddenly appears there and just pushes the kid out of the way and sticks his, her head through to look around. <laughs> Why did they cut that? That's boring. I have no idea. Did they think it was too funny for that character? Like, I, I think guess. it sets up the the personality of that mom perfectly. <laughs> and so uh, the mom's bit by the monkey, which we know is terrible. Yes. We had that opening. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. Yeah, and so she plays it all up. She's like, oh, take me home, Lionel. Where she turns into total evil bitch at home. I mean, to be fair, she was like that to begin with. But Where she's like, you've disappointed me. Son, I am disappointed. Yes, I'm busting out the old memes. I'm a boomer. What do you want from me? There is another cutscene here, too, um, because their dialogue is a bit more expanded in the unrated version. Oh. To where the mom's like, I saw you sneaking kisses with that oily shop girl. Oh. That girl is experienced. Oh, no. <laughs> and that that always stuck me in high school because I'm like, that's a interesting way of saying slut. Even though much later in the movie, she does call her a slut. It, she does. And Paquita is not a slut. She's just confident, okay? That's right. Don't such shame her, you old bag. I mean, she's a terrible... The mom's a terrible person to begin with. 
And then Paquita sneaks by that night um, after Lionel puts mom in bed. And she's like, yo, nobody loves me like my son. He'll always care for me. I mean, she's not wrong. Well, she's created that. <laughs> true. And as we find out later, she's absolutely undeserving of that affection. No, true. Well, she still kind of is. She's horrible. Like earlier when she sees her... Lionel with Paquita, she purposely breaks this vase to go, oh no, it's irreplaceable, a gift from your father, oh, oh, on our last date, you know, just totally playing it up. But while, um, Lionel and Paquita are sneaking off, um, mom's bite is just going crazy and shooting blood everywhere, blood and pus. Yeah, I don't think Dr. Pimple Popper could have helped with that one. Oh, definitely not. And the next morning, like, she's just totally sick and lionel takes the bandage off it's like i'm gonna call the nurse no you'll take care of me and the the sore is all like pulsing wonderful effects on that yeah it's pretty good yeah well i mean we could talk about the effects later they get they get better as the movie goes on (laughs) and it's weird because i downloaded the soundtrack to find a song to open with yeah well really i just found the soundtrack on youtube (laughs) but there's a song here that's just called The Pulsing Wound. That's the uh, that's the name of my uh my pro- progressive death metal band. <laughs> so the Women's Welfare League shows up. But one of them's a dude. Well, it's the woman's husband. Like he's just along for the food. That's true. <laughs> he's not a part of the Women's Welfare League. We hope, because otherwise that would be a disingenuous uh no, I think he is just legitimately on there for the food. Yeah, well, because he is, like, super masculine. Yes. Yeah, he I talks don't... about, like, we need more wars. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible he identifies. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to doubt that one. And he's completely ignorant of anything happening to women, as we find out in this scene. Right. Because Lionel tries to tell his mom, I'll put him off. No, you can't. And she tries to put her makeup on and rips her skin off on her face, rips them off. He gives it the old super glue. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, hey, I mean, if it works, it works. And she's down there for dinner just shaking and, I'm very honored. <laughs> and the whole prolonged, what are you going to do with the annual meeting? Like, <laughs> there's, there's no acknowledgement this woman is at best having a stroke at the table. <laughs> I know. Because she's just, annual meeting. Yeah, literally cannot process information. And that's when, like, the the husband slams, like, what we need is another war. I guess this is right after World War II. Yeah, it's the 50s, but it leads to one of my favorite lines where Lionel tries to smooth the situation over. Tells him, well, I hear that uh, Sir Hillary is planning an attack on the South Pole. Um, Hillary being the the man that conquered Everest. Yes, conquered, right? Yes. Well, in so first. much that you can conquer a mountain. Well, the first white man, you know, other people. Yeah, yeah, you don't. I mean, apparently, been around, right? Apparently, you don't count other the actual people who were there first. <laughs> or the, um, I'm sure at some point some dragonborn scaled that mountain to see the the graybeards. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or who knows? Aliens. <laughs> Not saying yeah. it was aliens, but it was aliens. But Lionel tries to push them out of the house, and he's like, what, no pudding? And I'm like, is this a New Zealander thing? Well, that's a, they talk a lot about custard, and there's plenty of British 
shows I watch that talk about custard and pudding. That and, or they're setting up a very specific joke here in a second. Yes, because he brings out the custard and he's enamored with the custard. And for no reason, Lionel's mom just shoots a bunch of pus and blood into the guy's custard. Which, lol, blood pudding. Ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. Somehow I feel like that was all a setup for that joke. Yes, and he just eats it all up going, nice and creamy. <laughs> Oh, so gross. This was the hardest scene, actually, of all the movies we've watched so far for this for this series. That was the hardest scene for me to watch. Not her eating her ear. No, yeah, that that part specific specifically, but le- all of that leading up to it. Just I don't know what it was about that. Ugh. And so he gets them out of the house, and there is a cut scene here when he goes back to his mom, and she's just like on the floor next to the fridge, just stuffing raw meat in her face. <laughs> and she goes, don't let them take me away, Lionel. Um, but yeah, mom's not doing good. And that's when we get the tarot scene, actually, where we have all of those tarot cards that say oppression, debauch, despair, not tarot cards. Not tarot cards. But I did find out actually are from a very specific tarot deck designed by Aleister Crowley. Oh. Yeah, so they're technically real. They're just not your traditional tarot. They're the the one deck that Aleister Crowley made. The Satanist's tarot. And so Paquita rushes over to say, Dark Force is a mess and against you. I mean, not wrong. Not wrong, and that's when... And she has her dog, Fernando. And we hear the dog barking and the screaming, and we have my favorite line in the whole movie. When Bikita walks in, and Lionel's pulling this dog corpse out of his mother's throat, and she goes, Your mother ain't my dog! And then, like, three seconds later, she's super chipper for well, who just had her dog eaten. He also adds to that, not all of it. Yeah, that was, that was a good, uh, some good dry humor there. Pick that up from the British, the, uh, and the mom attacks, and they all fall down the stairs, and mom, I have it in quotes in my notes, dies. <laughs> yes. Dies. And they bring in the nurse. Um, there actually is a cutscene here, too. The mom just stops breathing, and the nurse goes, oh, Lionel, your mother's dead. No bedside man. Just, your mom's dead. And the cutscene is that she hugs him and comforts him a bit more. Oi, your mom's dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And the mom just sits back up and almost completely rips off the nurse's head. That was impressive. Yeah, very I was impressive. pretty impressed with that, that effect. And in fact, it remains to a great effect throughout the whole movie because her head is just connected by this one yep. little bit of sinew. And so her head is flopping around the whole movie. And there's a lot of fun jokes they make about it. And so Lionel's fighting them all off while Paquita's packing a bag for the hospital and is like, which toothbrush is your mother's? Reminds me of a scene from, uh, like, High Anxiety or something, I feel like. It does have a very good Mel Brooks feel. Yeah, that had a very Mel Brooks feel to that scene. And another really funny thing in here is the radio. Oh, yeah. Because he's the radio, there's, like, some radio drama that's narrating this scene. It's like, hello, mother, how are you? Let me just put the kettle on And he smashes her with the little vase. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I broke your jug. <laughs> and like later when, when Paquita's leaving, the radio's like, okay, you get along, little lady. I mean, I don't know how 
Pekita doesn't notice. Like, isn't there blood everywhere on the floor? I know. Well, she's also very... She notices something is up because Lionel's just... Ah, ha, ha, look to the radio. When she's like, okay, I leave now. Yeah. I mean, maybe she just assumes it's her dog. <laughs> her dog. Just the blood in rooms that the dog never was in. Well... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to make excuses. Lionel has a hard time sleeping because he now has two zombies roaring in his basement all night. Yep. And he goes to see the vet. Who's totally not a Nazi. Not a chance. Nope. Yeah, least They haunted us like animals. Also the giant bottle of poison. Because I guess when you have bad eyesight, you just need to make sure. Yeah. And did you notice that his sleeve is torn a bit and there's a swastika under? No, <laughs> Did not notice the swastika. Yeah, when he's handing Lionel the, the tranquilizers, you could see his sleeves ripped open and there's a swastika. That's really funny. I didn't notice that. I mean, it was obvious he was supposed to be a Nazi, but... The tranquilizer line, because he's like, I just want some sedatives. What, do you think I am a doctor? I don't sell sedatives. Yeah. Tranquilizers, I do have. So he fights the, them and gives them the tranquilizers, but Mom still breaks out when Lionel tries to talk to Paquita at the shop, and Mom's just run down by a trolley. Yep. And I guess I don't know if it's an ignorance or something, but they, um, because she is rotted and torn up and, like, way worse than being hit by a trolley would do. I mean, they're just simple New Zealanders. <laughs> simple folk. But we have the funeral. Yeah. Yes. We meet Father, what's his name? Father Magruder or something. And one thing I think is hilarious here is during the, um, while everyone's outside the music playing at the church, is the song Sodomy from Meet the Feebles. Oh. Jackson's film before this, it's the song about sodomy, which is sung by the same guy that plays the priest. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen, not seen that one, so. I don't know if we'll do it because it is intentionally just dark comedy. There's nothing exploitive about it. Not like this one, which has zombies. And every zombie movie is exploitation. One way or another. At the funeral, we meet Uncle Les, who's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a horrible person, but they go out of their way to just make him visually unattractive. And he's sucking on this inhaler while smoking cigars. Yeah. And he harasses Paquita a bit. And there's actually a cutscene here, too. It's because a little later on, before the funeral starts, he goes up and harasses Paquita some more. And he's like, oh, yeah, funerals always make me feel bad. I could use a few stiff drinks. How about you, lady? You look like you could use a stiff one. Oh, God. The double entree. And she just, she tells him off in Spanish and storms off. But we have that scene with the embalming. Yeah, that was interesting. Did you notice who the uh, mortician's assistant was? No. Uh, that's Peter Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I... I didn't notice. Without, he, well, you know, since then, he's got put on a 150 pounds and a big gray beard. I was going to say, he looks a little different now. But yeah, he's the, the assistant that just left this, left this sandwich sitting on the body. And then he just eats it. And that can't possibly taste good now. When it's soaked in embalming fluid, because she practically explodes just being overfilled. That's uh, quite a constitution that, uh, that that gentleman has. And so Lionel's trying to get more tranquilizers in Mom while she's zombieing out. Priest is giving a, a homily about motherhood. Yeah. This movie definitely has some uh, parental overtones to it. 
Lionel and his mom crash into the sanctuary, and so he just tries to play it off that he's Norman Bates in a sense. Right, yeah. Just hugs his mom's body and goes, no. And that night, uh, he goes to dig his mom up. And the outsiders show up? Yep. Now, the head gangster here, who becomes the you know, like main zombie throughout the rest of the movie, we'll get to that. His name is Void. Yes. And I never saw it written. All these years, I thought he said Void. Yeah, which makes a lot more sense than Void. <laughs> yeah, Void is not a name. And it was like, how do you know this gangster's name? <laughs> He's uh, in The Hobbit, incidentally. Oh, he well, is? Plays one of the... This is the guy I think you know. If I'm alive. Let's see if I'm right. Void is played by Jed Brophy, who plays Nori in the Hobbit films. Oh, I actually haven't seen the three Hobbit films. Um, Only the Lord of the Rings. Well, I've seen a couple scenes from the first one when the kids were watching it. I like the first part. They definitely did need did not need to make it three movies. Oh. But also, so they um beat up Lionel because they think he's a necrophiliac. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a cutscene here where they have a little bit more dialogue where they're like, "Are you one of them necrophiliacs? That's a necrophiliac. Yeah, are you a necrophiliac?" Okay. Yeah, that seems like a, a less than necessary scene. Void calls me. He's like, "You're a sick bastard." And then this other guy goes, "Yeah." Mean talk. <laughs> I'm like, like there was a note for him to ad lib, and he just read the note. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened. And they're like, film is expensive, just keep it. Yeah, Void starts pissing on the grave, as one does. Yeah, and Lionel points out, "That's my mother you're pissing on." So he just keeps on pissing until mom's hand bursts through and rips I mean it is hard to stop peeing once you've started oh but now he's just aiming it all over the headstone and everything that's true and so the mom gets out and big zombie fight castrates him with that eats his chest it's good times yep turns void and another gangster into zombies and they're all cornering Lionel until the priest comes in yes with the best line in the movie this calls for divine intervention no, I kiss, kick ass for the Lord. I kick ass for the Lord. That is one of the best lines. And he's going around just total Bruce Lee on these zombies. He swept the leg, which, I mean, that's what you do. Literally, he swept them right off this guy. Yes, he did. It was glorious. And kicks the arms off. Well, he breaks the arms off, kicks the legs off, knocks the head into the air, and it unfortunately falls down and bites him. Right. Why because you there's no logic to actually be zombies in this movie. Sometimes the decapitation works. Sometimes it doesn't. Who knows? Yeah, it's insane. But now he's got four zombies he's taking care of. Right, and a, a great scene where he basically is Mr. Mom and trying to take care of these zombies. And feeds and some them breakfast. Of, right, some sort of weird metaphor for parenthood. And um, void, like... He stuffs his spoon through his head, and the food's on the other side, and he's getting upset, and the mom steals the food off the spoon. That's right. And then, time for some hot zombie sex. Yes, the priest and the nurse are making eyes. They're making out, and Lionel tries to break him up until his uncle shows up to talk about, oh, your mom left me out of the will, you know, I was supposed to get money and stuff. Are you gonna fix that, Lionel? And... That's when we hear the zombie fucking. Yep, that's that's a thing that happens. The uncle uh, thinks that it's 
a stag film involving a donkey and a chambermaid, which I thought was glorious as well. <laughs> and Inter- interspecies erotica. Yes, when the actuality is, they're the same species, just dead. Just dead. What was that? There's a. Isn't there a movie about about screwing dead people? There was a movie. What was that movie called? Well, there's Necrophiliac. That's a movie. Necromantic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Necromantic. Necromantic. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. There's another movie called Dead Girl where a oh, bunch yeah. of dudes are just fucking a, a corpse that's a zombie, and they yeah, just I'm keep her at the morgue. I'm not sure which of those is worse, to be completely honest. And then there was another movie, I can't remember what it is, but it's like a teen comedy thing, but like, the, he's a zombie and she's a regular teen boy, but they're in love, and it's I mean, a they, Romeo and Juliet thing. It's, I mean, then there's the whole Disney... the. Disney Channel original movie, the Zombies series. Oh, it's not like a Halloween Town sequel? No. <laughs> There's like two different schools, and one's populated by zombies. I don't. The music's pretty good. We listen to it on. Uh, also, again, Sirius XM, if you want to sponsor <laughs> us. Disney Radio. <laughs> the zombie fucking leads immediately to a baby. Right, I guess zombies have an incredibly short gestation period. Yeah, and she gives birth to like an 18-month-old. Right. That looks like, uh, what was the, the from the Goonies? Uh, Sloth? Sloth from the Goonies, yep. And when Lionel goes down and finds the baby, there is a bit of a cutscene here. Because he has antics chasing the baby around the, the basement. Oh, and okay. the baby still has its umbilical cord, and the umbilical cord cord gets caught on a nail and that's what stops the baby and it's stuck there trying to crawl oh god but it's got this tether i can see why that one was cut (laughs) but we have the glorious park scene yep i mean let's be honest most parents we've uh we've been there at least in our heads oh i i love my daughter (laughs) it's just it's just funny because how the scene plays out Yes, it is. The scene play, and if you had any doubts about, is this a horror or comedy? This scene sets that yeah, down to rest. This pretty much, yeah, this 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 finishes that off. Because he's walking the baby in a pram. He's trying to mimic what another mom is doing with her baby. You know, like rocking it back and forth, playing with a stuffed animal. And he loses control and it rolls away and the baby escapes. And he flings, the, like gets on the, the teeter-totter. And gets flung on a roof and stumbles down. There's a drunk guy yeah. laughing and cheering on. Yeah, because Lionel gets the baby and is just beating the shit out of it, punching it in the face, smacking it against the swing set, and the drunk guy is like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I wrote this, because he must have done something in this scene, but I said, yeah, dark voices follow him. His own stupidity is a dark force. Yeah, like, why did he take the baby out? Well, I mean... I do know kind of why, but I like how um, all the mothers that are watching are just, oh my god, oh my god, shocked. Deep down, they're just cheering him on. Yes, he paints the shit out of this baby and says, hyperactive. Peter Jackson, he had a $4 million budget, and by the time he finished the movie, he realized he'd come in at like 3.5, and he's like, well, let's film this one scene. I had an idea for a scene at the park with the baby. Let's just film that since we got this extra money. <laughs> just pocket it. Yeah. That's what so, most people would do. It's like, cool. Let's go take this. Pretend it wasn't. That it was, we needed it for props. I don't know. 
And so he's got them all chained in his basement again, still getting tranquilizers. He's looking all ragged and unshaved. And Paquita yells at him, oh, dude, dude, don't answer the door. You don't answer the phone. And she goes off with Roger. Who then just talks about football, Aussie rules football, for like the rest of the movie. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Like nonstop. Nonstop. That's the only thing he talks about. After he beats up Lionel. Right. Lionel gets back and just. Les has discovered the dead bodies and now blackmails Lionel into the entire inheritance and immediately throws a party. Right. <laughs> because that's the kind of guy he is. We get more of Paquita on her date with Roger as he continues to just talk about playing football. I'm like 90% certain he never actually stopped between scenes. Yeah. Because he's like, and I took the guy and I kicked it in for a touchdown and Paquita just leaves and Roger's right. like, what do you think about that, Paquita? And he sees she's not there and just shrugs and leaves. He doesn't even, like, call out, Paquita, where'd you go? He's... Nope, he's like, well, still got my football. Yeah, this must happen to him a lot. Yeah, I would imagine. This is just normal for him. And so she goes in to the party, all shocked that there's this party going on. Right. And Uncle Les tries to grope her. And we're, that's where we get Les nutshot number one. Yep, there should be a... If we were doing a video, there would be counters. Just ima- just imagine it. Counters in my notes. Just imagine with like a ding and a star and the number on it. Just dumb. And she gets some good because we see him later on in the party, like holding a bottle of alcohol <laughs> to his crotch. Just on his junk. There's another cutscene here, but I'll get to more about that one later because there's... There's a guy at the party that's, like, with the glasses and the camera. He has a lot of scenes that are cut because they're stupid. And, like, there was obviously other stuff cut before the uncut version because this guy's stupidity makes no sense. Maybe it's just a New Zealand thing. That's Anytime there was something weird in the movie, I'm just like, it must be a New Zealand thing. And he's credited as intellectual. Oh, okay, sure. Because that's why, because he's doing, because he's at that party, so he must be. And... He has a line in there like, well, I've got two gay friends. Cool. Like, it's something he's bragging about. The only two gay guys in Australia, er, in New Zealand circa 1950. This is when Paquita discovers the zombies. That it's, uh, that it's Three's Company downstairs. Yeah. And they go down to... Well, before they go down, actually, there's a long cut scene here where Void escapes. And he oh. tries to mingle in the party. Man, see, I want that scene. And it's the intellectual. That's when the intellectual tells him he's like... Because Void tries to, like, grab him and eat him. Oh. And the intellectual's like, oh, that's okay. I have gay friends. Oh, okay. Before Lionel realizes what's happening and pulls Void off and empties an entire bottle of JD down his throat to, to knock Void out. I mean, whatever works. And tosses him back in the basement. And that's when Paquita, she sees him going into the basement with Void in the cutscene. And that's how she knows he's down there. Aren't they all just, like, watching TV and shit down there, too? Like Just the radio. It's just the radio playing. Oh, yeah, because it's the 50s. There's not too many TVs. And it's playing dance music at one point, And Void gets up and kind of, like, dances. Even though he's all tied up. Sometimes you just gotta dance. But Paquita t- lets him know that, you know, Lionel, it's time to let these go. You're not going to take care of zombies. It's fucked up. And give him this poison. The big bottle that's labeled poison. Which turns out... 
Because actually, we find that out really soon here, because Lionel goes back upstairs with Paquita, and... They bury him in the basement, which I don't think is a great idea to begin with. No, and it can't be a very deep grave. No. But Lionel and Les have a fight, and Les throws Lionel into the basement and locks it, and goes off with Paquita. It's like, you foreign bitch! Oh, he has oh, he has some totally disgusting line here. I can't remember what it is other than you foreign bitch, which is gross enough. Um, but he he really implies that he's going to rape her. Yeah, I mean, once again, we just can't get away from it. That's when Lionel discovers that the poison, because the bottle rolls over, and he sees the other side says... And, uh, what was it, animal, animal stimulant? Yes. I wrote, time to party. <laughs> and that's exactly when the zombies bust out all crazy. And then everything... Uh, the movie gets, becomes insane. These go to ele- it goes to 11. <laughs> There's less than that shot number two, which is cut out. Um, you only see the reaction where he's holding his crotch and going, Oh, you bastard! But Paquita gets him in the nuts again with uh, something in the, the bathroom there. He's getting his nuts crushed. It's fine. And the zombies come out, and we have all of the beautiful gore effects. We get that one guy being eaten, and they just lift his whole rib cage out of him. Yeah, I literally made a note of that. The whole rib cage, eh? Yeah, it's just insane gore here. They rip a woman's heart out and show it to her before she dies. Right. And we get another cutscene here with that that intellectual character where he tries to mingle with zombies and he randomly goes, some of my best friends are pedophiles and then they kill him and eat him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I get, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Line? This is the dude whose heads get kicked around the whole time later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The hockey puck. The most of his head. Yeah. Half of his head. Okay. Les is like, well, fuck this. I'm out. Leaps out through the window and Lionel and Paquita get separated. So Paquita spends most of her time in the kitchen with this girl, Rita. Who well, apparently we're supposed to identify with and, and like, even though we've seen her for like three minutes the entire movie. Yeah, well, she was dancing at the party and that was about I, it. I know. That's about all we got from her. Lionel has his big fight in the bathroom with, with Void, cuts him in half. Yes. And his guts fall out and his guts are sentient. And his disemboweled asshole farts. It is <laughs> glorious. <laughs> And the guts, they have the lungs like his wings and a butthole mouth. It is amazing. And they're they're separately intelligent, apart from Void. Right, who continues to do things. Yes, he continues to do things. And, like, his legs are outside still running on their own and kicking. There really, are, there really are no rules in this movie. They're more like guidelines, so you just sit there, sit back and enjoy the weird. If a bit of flesh is undead, it is zombie. Right, and can be independent of each other. Who knows? We get Les running around. That's when he cuts that that intellectual guy's head. Not completely off. He cuts him off right at the mouth. Right. Well, that's what allows it to slide around so efficiently on the floor later. And we see that that head sliding around for the rest of all these sequences. Yes, it is literally a punchline going through this entire last 15 minutes of the movie. And Les... Duff's a garden gnome in that man's the remains of his head. So he's just walking around with a garden gnome head. I mean, it is improvement from having no head. Yeah, and it's closer to Lord of the Rings. Got That's a, right. Like a he's dwarf. Just, pre- just preparing for his future uh, 
future directorial roles. And he gets back into the house. Paquita doesn't want to let him at first, but this Rita's like, Paquita, we must. Yeah, I mean, he did try to rape her, and he's and they're like, we're going to let him back in? It's like, ah, I think I would probably just let him get eaten by zombies. Right before he gets in, though, the baby attacks and bites Rita. Right. Paquita whacks the baby outside, and we get less nut shot number three. Ding. When the flying baby hits him in the crotch, and he's ah. But he insists that Rita has to be killed, but Paquita tries to defend her. And they run out, and they see, oh, Lionel in the attic. That's important. we got to discuss that. Yeah, this is actually, like, plot. <laughs> yeah, because Lionel... <laughs> we haven't had actual plot in a while. This is, this is plot. Lionel escapes the guts by going up into the attic where he finds this... Well, the thing that Paquita gave him directs him to the this chest of secrets. The attic scene just for some reason made me think of Anthropophagus, which I'm not sure that was a good thing or a bad game. <laughs> It does have that feel. But he finds a bunch of pictures of his dad and some blonde woman. Obviously sexual innuendo. Yeah. Pretty patent that they were uh, doing stuff. And then on top of that, he finds his dad! Yes. <laughs> All his bones in there, too. Because apparently his mother had kept them. Before the, the guts burst through and try to get at Lionel again, and now he's dangling from a wire in the middle of the uh, entryway. Right. And there's actually a big cut scene here, because he's dangling there, and he sees the nurse running at him. Okay, yeah. And he's like, oh no, oh no. But he realizes that she's running to the priest, who's also running with his arms open and a rake. He's impaled on a rake. (sighs) And him and the nurse, the nurse hugs him, and she impales herself on the rake, and they fall down and start fucking. (laughs) They should have kept that one in. I mean, I guess that's a good one to cut if you're trying to drop a rating, but that's funny. Yeah, and we get Paquita and her blender. She's chopping stuff up in the blender all the time. I was expecting a, a baby in a blender joke. Kind of got it. But not, Almost. Baby got but, away. Yeah, but not quite. But she does find that hockey puck head to toss in there. Yeah. But they got to escape, and so they're they're running around in the hallways, and that's when... Paquita gets bit, and Lionel swings over to save her and pulls the zombie away, and there's just these dentures on Paquita's arm. Yeah. And she just brushes off, and, like, no skin's broken. She found the one zombie with dentures. And she flies outside. Well, he flies outside, you know, because he's dangling still, and right, yeah, goes should. outside. Just flies out of the movie for a bit. And there's a cutscene here with Paquita and Rita running around upstairs, and they're fighting Void's legs, and they rip them in half. Ooh. Okay. And just leave the two legs there, and then run away. All right, all right. That could have been good. Mm-hmm. And speaking of legs, we get less nutshot number four in a bit here. Ding. Because all the zombies rush in, and he's ready. He's got a knife and a meat cleaver. Hacks them all up. Yeah, he's just hack-whack chopping that meat. Yep. He's Butcher <laughs> Pete in that scene. I love that song, Butcher Pete. It's a great one. I mean, it's about it's about fucking, but yeah, it's 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 the euphemism. The song is a euphemism for fucking. It's but in this case, he's actually hack whack chopping that meat. It's in all the Fallout games. And That's I, right. This is, but yes, Uncle uh, Uncle Les here is uh, actually doing some chopping. Hey everybody, did the news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Old Pete just flew into this town and he's chopping up all the women's meat. He's hacking and whacking and smacking. 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 He's
he's hack whack chopping that meat. And the baby kicks him in the crotch with a severed leg. Ding. Number four. Then we get the epic scene. His Lionel returns with the, the lawnmower. That's right. And says, party's over. Yeah. Bad one-liner, but, you know, that's par for the course. And he just goes through the crowd of zombies. In the most, like, gruesome, gory body parts flying everywhere. Pretty impressive. Production-wise, it was about 80 gallons of artificial blood. Oh, my God. Being pumped out at a rate of five gallons a second. And he's just running through this crowd, chopping them up. Like, he makes one pass, and he just sees that maybe one's down, but the rest are all cut up until a... You know, he just keeps going back and forth. He's doing the running man on some blood. <laughs> yep. I keep fu- thinking, like, that blade's going to get dull, though. I would think that, too. I think it would get jammed. Yeah, eventually. I, it must be a magic lawnmower. I'm just going to go with that. I mean, this is a movie with reanimated zombies and actual tarot cards that work yeah. and a magical necklace that points directions and stuff. I'm just going to go with magic lawnmower and call it a day. We get... The final scene of Les, he goes downstairs and sees that Vera is there now, and she's giant. And we get the final nut shot as she rips his crotch off and pulls his spine out. I was so, so glorious. It was. Been waiting for him to die, though, ever since he showed up. Gave him the full uh, Sub-Zero, right? Was that Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat that ripped the guy's spine out? I think was it was Or was that Scorpion's finisher? I don't remember. Came out at about the same time, though. I think 93 for... Yeah, this has uh, better Mortal effects. Well, I mean, Mortal Kombat's its own kind of fun, but... Everyone's dead. Oh, there's the final show-off with Void, who has now reattached oh, yeah. himself to his legs. And that's also... If you watch the rated version, his legs are so separated on his yeah. squat little body. It's because the girls had ripped them apart. Right. And obviously... We don't. We aren't privy to that for us plebs watching the rated version. Yeah. And he's got his guts back in him, obviously, because they show up in the scene too, also trying to kill him. Yep. But he kills them all with the lawnmower. Paquita shows up and gives him the little cross and a kiss, even though they're all covered in yes, blood. Yes, I really. Uh, the the intestines begged, which was glorious. And yeah. then I wrote grossest kiss ever. Yeah, because they are soaked in blood, and she covered gives them in kiss. blood and gore, and just like here's a like oh, later <laughs> kids, later. <laughs> After a shower, shower something, Jesus. Line of like, okay, let's go. No, I haven't seen mother yet because mother, well, she she makes herself known. She's grown giant, and she is this giant puppet with obscene breasts and ass. There has been no yes, I wrote. Uh, I'll tell you what I wrote in a second, but there's been no nudity in this movie up to this point. I'd like to point this out. Yeah, there hasn't been. And suddenly, saggy zombie tits and a huge zombie ass, and I wrote, my brain is melting. Yes. From this giant, and she's talking. She's like, nobody loves you like your mother. Right. And that's when Lionel confronts, well, they get up on the roof. Yes. And Paquita's about to fall, and... The mom's like, slut! Does not say experience, just flat out says slut this time. Well, she's a zombie now, so... Yeah. Tact isn't necessary anymore. She's a giant naked zombie. Right. And Lionel confronts her with the, you know, like, I know you killed my dad and that woman he was seeing. Right, now he remembers that he watched his mom drown 
her his dad and her and his and his dad's mistress. The mom slams on the roof, opens her womb. Yep, and he goes back in the zombie womb. And I just when I thought it couldn't get weirder. Yep. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And then it gets even weirder because uh, Lionel cuts himself out with a yeah, cross. He gives himself a zombie C-section. <laughs> he does. With an obscene amount of blood. And this was not. Now he's confident, masculine Lionel, and right. Finally. Yeah, he saves Paquita. Like takes his belt and whips it onto a laundry line, and they zip line down to the street. Michael Bay shows up to blow up the house. Yep, and we get this fifties. New Zealand fire team there. and Some other notes. And he's born again a new man, I think. He is. And then and a we... really deep cut joke. I think they forgot about Dre. Because <laughs> they stayed next to a burned down house. Yeah. Yes. And the baby's in there. We see it. We get a quick shot of the baby crying. Why well, he gets burnt up as he deserves. Yeah, and I think that's all we get. Like, not that they were setting up a sequel. Nope. I don't because, think so. Oh, Oh, yeah. Peter Jackson making sequels unheard of. Yep. <laughs> yes, not not at all splitting a single movie into three movies and not making a bunch of five hour extended. Anyway, um, but no, the I also think there there would have been no tasteful way to kill that baby. No, I, I think they should have just gone for the baby in a blunder joke. Yeah, I mean it's still. a zombie baby, and this is a movie that's just filled with gross gore and a farting disembowel. I mean, what a... This was... I mean, this wasn't going to be seen by kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was, but not well, intentionally. I was, I was barely a kid. I was like 13, 14 when I rented it, and I was lucky that my um, little family video had an unrated version. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's an episode in of itself, the old family video store. Oh, yeah. I think one of mine had faces of death and Lots of other shit like that. Oh, so did mine. Yeah. Same one. Rip family video stores. Just want to say that. Yeah, because they would just get whatever VHS is there. Right. But, okay, so that's Dead Alive. Well, they, you know, Lionel and Paquita kiss and walk off. Credits play. Credits play and this romantic song about the stars and the moon. and No post credit scene. No. That wasn't really a thing too heavily back then. Uh... Yeah, there wasn't really a heavy thing back in those days. I know for a fact Ferris this Bueller. time. Uh, yeah, Ferris Bueller was well before this, though, still. But still, that was just an oddity. Yeah, there wasn't that. Nowadays, it's everything. You go see, like, you saw if they made Schindler's List today, you'd be waiting for the post credit scene. <laughs> you would. Everything has to have it these days. So, like I said before, one of my favorite movies ever. You know, when I got introduced to this, I I rented it all the time until I eventually hooked up two VCRs and kept made my own copy. Ah, yes, the old days. That brings me back. I don't have that VHS anymore. I have a DVD of it. Well, I mean, I technically still have a VHS player, but I doubt it works. This movie is interesting. Um, it is. I am impressed with the audacity of the violence, but done in a non like super grim way, which is kind of fun. It's just like you just sit back and appreciate the fact again that there's a an asshole that just farted while walking. Yeah. I mean, why not? A sentient guts. 
Section cuts. Uh, woman stuffs her son back into her zombie womb. I, yeah. Okay, sure. That whole last third of the movie, from the time the party starts, it just turns into absolute insanity. But even before that, it's still delightful. I it's I had problems with some of the like the just the characters like Lionel is such a putz and he is I know that's intentional but it's just like I don't know it's like you have to cheer for a guy and you're just like I kind of hope he doesn't get zombies but if he does meh yeah well don't you say a bad word about Paquita though Paquita's cool my biggest actually my biggest problem character wise is with with Rita because. She shows up in the party scene, and she's in the movie, like, suddenly allied with, with Bikita for, like, all of three, four minutes, and then the baby, like, explodes through her head, which is a great, yeah. which is a great piece of special effects. That's, you know, practical effects there. Let's give it credit. But, like, I feel like the movie's trying to make you feel like, oh, we were supposed to get, like, and it's like, I don't know anything about her, other than she showed up at a party with Uncle Les's stupid ass. And she was friends with him. I was like, woman, you do you you do know who this man is, right? That he's this lecherous, gropey, rapey dude. Like, why are you his friend? I, yeah, I don't know how he's got friends. But he's got a lot of them. They fill this house. She's flirting and dancing, and I'm like, yeah, girl, he ain't even good looking. He's got like he looks cold like sores. that bastard from yeah. Austin Powers. And he's got cold sores all over his face. It's like, girl, Baron Harkonnen and David Lynch's <laughs> Dune. Yeah, that's exactly who he is. But anyway, any other last thoughts on this movie? I think I, I liked it. I obviously I, I don't like it as much as you do, but you have a longer history with uh, with it than I do. Um, I think if I hadn't seen like other movies that piggybacked off of this, and like Shaun of the Dead or Zombieland or something that's like that more modern takes on like uh, dark horror comedy or a cabin in the woods i think is a good example as well that did it with more likable characters like a cast that you kind of all liked or at least liked the way they died i don't know well yeah that's one thing that Shaun of the dead has up over this movie is its characters are very well-rounded yeah you like all of them you even like the dorky uh the dorky boyfriend yeah and you feel sad when he gets torn to bits in the end. It's like, oh, I liked him. Um, but of course, I saw Dead Life before zombie comedy was really, really right. No, a this thing. is a progenitor. I guess, like I said, even amongst like how many zombie, how many like horror comedies where it was like Evil Dead. That's like it, right? That was pretty much the only thing, at least moderately known at the time in that genre. Well, there were some parodies of the slasher films that had come out over the years, like. Saturday the 14th and Student Bodies, but those all flopped. I mean, they still have a cult following now, but they not so much then. But I mean, those are like parodies, right? Like, yeah, those are. I don't parodies. count like uh, what were those movies with uh, Wayans Brothers? Oh, the scary movies. Yeah, I don't count those as part of the genre. They're just spoofs, right? Yeah, they're just spoofs. But as far as like actually going out and making a really gory comedy, it's it's like. Evil Dead 2 and this, right? Like, yeah. Much, like, it was pretty new at the time. It's novel, and it's an important, certainly an important film, especially the practical effects, the amount of effort that went into this. Also, somehow, some producer somewhere goes, you know that guy who did Dead Alive? <laughs> you mean the guy who took a 
lawnmower and cut people up into like 40,000 pieces over the course of 15 minutes? Yeah. You know what I want him for? Uh, what? Lord of the Rings. Well, to be fair, I want he some had cocaine. He had two other movies between this and Lord of the Rings. He had Heavenly Creatures. Heavenly Creatures, if you ever get a chance, I can't find it streaming anywhere, but it's a good movie to watch. It's a drama. Basically about these two high school girls, both of them first movies, Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet, made their debut in that movie. As these two maybe lesbian girls that are just living in a fantasy world and decide to kill one girl's mom, and it's based on a true story. Yeah, I think I'd I'd heard of that. That's a great movie. I've heard it's good. Um, with like he did really Frighteners good. too, right? Yep, and he did Frighteners. I've seen bits of that. I think I would enjoy that one. Cause... I wanted to watch it again, but couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Uh, well, maybe if it streams at some point, we can uh, we can cover that one. But yep, Dead Alive, good movie. I uh, recommend it. Yeah, watch. If nothing else, watch it for its creative special, you know, creative practical effects. And its importance to creating kind of a subgenre of movies that is pretty entertaining. So next week, we're doing another gore movie, but unfortunately, it's not fun. It's not a comedy. That's unfortunate. Uh, it's called Blood Feast. It's from the 60s. Oh. And it actually is like the progenitor of gore movies. Oh. Yeah, because, I mean, at the time, that was hey, a pretty novel thing. Early 60s, yeah. I mean, there are obvious, there were some art films that didn't, you know, deal with the movie code or just kind of went around it and stuff. But as far as, like, wide distribution, the 60s would have been kind of the start of that, the violence that was, like, the awakening, if you were. The 60s also gave the rise of the independence because the studio system was starting to lose a little bit of control. Collapse under its own corrupt weight. Yeah, um, and that... Nail really started to come with films like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's a great one. I know you say that all zombie films are exploitation. I'm not sure I would qualify Night of the Living Dead as exploitation. But is it really a zombie movie? Can that yeah, be, it's, it's, that, it's... That's a topic for another show as well. We should do Night of the Living Dead because I have a lot of stuff to say about that movie's place in history. <laughs> the movie's great, just spoilers. But yes, yeah. I agree. We should I mean, do that yeah. in the future. We should. But next week we're doing Blood Feast. Which hopefully at least is entertaining, even if it's not a comedy. Hopefully. Well, I mean, I've seen it, so I already know. How You've seen is. most of these. I haven't seen. This is Jowski uh, introduces Kevin to movies and <laughs> sees how he reacts. That's the actual theme of the show. It's not actually exploitation. It's, just, it's Mystery Science Theater with uh, Alexis playing the role of the Mads, and I'm, and I'm Joel or Mike. That's that's where we're at. Okay, I, I, now I understand. But we will catch you all next time, then. Thank you, everyone. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're getting your podcast. Follow our Twitter at Podcast Exploit. Uh, we'll get an Instagram up soon. And we're also at anchor.fm slash exploit it. We're all fine podcasts are served. Yes. Until next time, everyone, have a good week. Enjoy your blood pudding. Blood pudding.